Welcome to the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. I'm your host, Dan Lewis. Who is the spiritual leader of your family? Is it you, your pastor, your spouse, the media? Do you know? I did. And sadly, no one was taking responsibility to lead our family. Well, friends, someone needs to take that job, and that man is you. You may not feel qualified, and some days I don't. With the help of God and a community of dads helping each other on their journey, you can be the leader your family deserves. We welcome you to the Journey of the Christian Dad podcast. All right, so it's time for the Apple Podcast Review of the Week. So we've got, uh, this one's from MoGuy2007. So MoGuy says, insanely fantastic. Anyone wanting to be a better father in all aspects of life and wish to know themselves better should listen to these. I cannot wait to listen to more and continue my journey. Thank you very much, MoGuy. I appreciate that greatly. And thanks to everybody who throws in their Apple podcast reviews and ratings. And then also Amazon's got a rating thing over there as well. So Amazon, Audible, whatever it is. So thanks for your ratings and reviews. I appreciate it greatly. So excited to get into this episode. We're going to talk faith. We're going to talk fitness. We're going to talk family and, uh, you know, just working on being the best version of yourself. We're going to talk about focus and fuel and function and all kinds of different things. And one thing I need in my life is absolutely more energy. My kids are good. <laughs> However, I can always use more energy. The more energy I have, the more I can do. So we're going to jump into this. I've got a, a guest on with us today that I'm excited to talk to. He is a holistic health coach, father, husband. He's always trying to be stronger, healthier, a better dad, a better husband, better family member, better friend. In addition to coaching his clients, he also hosts a podcast, which is pretty cool. It's called the Warrior Dads Podcast, and that one's geared to helping dads become the best version of themselves. Jim is the man that protects his family, and he believes it's important that all the rest of us do that too. We should be fully capable of protecting our family. And in my, this is me interjecting here. This is digitally, this is physically, this is mentally, all the different, the different ways to protect our family. And that, according to Jim, requires good physical fitness, a strong mindset, situational awareness, so key, and knowing some form of self-defense. So I agree, you should, you should be able to have some knowledge of self-defense and transfer that to your family. So my guest today brings a true passion to helping and coaching people enhance their lives through a healthy lifestyle and find balance in, in areas above. So I'd like to, at this time, welcome to our show, Jim Bertamy. So Jim, welcome to the show. Welcome to the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate you reaching out and having me on. I'm honored to be here. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things that I, I get excited to learn more about is how to engage myself in a way where I have more energy. Once upon a time, I heard a speaker, he's talking to a large crowd of people and he says, every day I, you know, I say prayers and say different things. So here's a prayer I say every day, guys, and we're all hanging on every word. This guy's a big time, huge speaker. And so we're like, oh, if this guy prays something every day and like, we got to write this down, like we're ready for this. And he says, he says, all right, here it is. God, give me more energy. <laughs> That's a prayer, huh? <laughs> that was it. That was it. We're dying laughing. We're like, this is great. And he goes, why are you guys laughing? He goes, that's it. That's the prayer. And he goes, here's what you're not hearing me say. If I have more energy, then I can do more. The only thing I'm limited by is my energy. Mm -hmm. 
you say time is a limiting factor, but it's really not. We've all got the same amount of time, but I can have more energy if I focus on that. And so every day I pray and ask for God to give me more energy, which then allows me to do more for more people. Right. Like, all right, time to start studying on energy and learning on energy and, uh, you know, being focused on that. So obviously fitness and fuel uh, pays a huge focus on that. When you hear that, what are something you think about, Jim? You know, it's interesting that he said, here's my prayer, because the thing is that one, one thing that I think, at least that I've realized with prayer is that prayer is definitely powerful. Prayer is very important, but you can't just pray and sit back and wait. You have to pray. And then they say, move your feet. Yes. So, so get up and do the things and, you know, God will give you the strength to do them and, and push through as you're doing them. But you're not just going to say, give me more energy and then lay back on the couch and wait for it to come. And then all of a sudden you get felt like you just got hit with a lightning bolt and then you're ready to get up and run around. You're right. Focus is very important. Fuel is very important. And the way that we move and and our function is very important, too. So I always tell people when you're thinking of the importance of fuel, because so many people, when they think about energy, they think, well, maybe I'll just go for a run and I'll get more energy or I'll do some exercise and I'll get more energy. And that can be true, given the fact that you're not exercising yourself to the point where you don't have any energy, because that would be called working out. So we have a term that I've learned in the Czech Institute is called working out and then working in. So working out would classify exercise that would take energy out of the body and leave you without energy. Whereas working in can energize the body and actually cultivate energy in the body. Now, of course, you're going to lose some energy when you're training or you're working out. I actually have gotten away from using the words working out. And I like to usually refer to it as training. So I'm training Mm -hmm. my body for whatever I'm training myself to get stronger. I'm training myself to be a a fitter dad. I'm training myself for just life. Mm -hmm. And so I refer to it as training, but the concept of working out still remains the same. And so if you're still, you know, for, for people that still think that way, because it's still very popular is working out, you are going to lose some energy, but if you're doing it right, you should actually feel like you're walking away with more than when you started. Working in is just very, very gentle in nature. It's just doing something like, let's like say go, going for a walk, sprinting or running would be the working out. And then just going for a walk would be the working in. So you're actually cultivating energy. You're still moving the body and pumping the body, but you're doing it in a way that's almost energizing you. And you're feeling a lot better because you're activating scientifically, you're activating the parasympathetic nervous system when you're working in. So if you're just doing very light yoga or some kind of Tai Chi or breathing exercises or walking, you're activating the parasympathetic nervous system. Whereas if you're working out, then you're activating the sympathetic nervous system. So, but fuel is really important because if let's say you train every day, let's say you do five days a week. Okay. So that's five days or five times that you're exercising or training, but let's say you eat three meals a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm -hmm. You're eating 21 times a week and you're training five times a week. So literally more than four times per week, are you engaging in fueling your body versus something that's attributing to your function? Mm -hmm. Now fuel will also affect your function, but just trying to make the point that you're engaging in fueling your body a lot more than you are training your body. 
it's super important from an energy perspective for someone who's looking to increase their energy to focus on eating good foods, healthy foods. And this isn't just saying that avocados are healthy or broccoli fights cancer or spinach is leafy greens and that kind of stuff. It's more of the quality of the food that I focus on with my clients and with the message that I put out in the world. It's not that avocados are magical. It's not that broccoli is magical or chicken or something like that. It's the quality of the chicken, the avocado, the broccoli, the beef, the fish. How was it raised? What did that animal eat? And from a spiritual perspective, giving thanks for that particular food, inviting that food into your body, because knowing that that food will become you. The cells in that food are replacing the cells that are constantly dying in your body. So you're, you're literally becoming the chicken and the broccoli and the avocado and things like that. And that's attributing to your new eye cells that are being made, your new bicep muscles that are being built. So we always, you know, we always give thanks for our food. We always give thanks to God for the food, but then we also give thanks for the food to the food. And that will help to definitely increase your energy because if you're decreasing the amount of toxins you're bringing into your body, then you're increasing your energy output. If you're drinking water as opposed to a lot of other things that people can drink, you know, iced teas or lemonades or sodas or Gatorade, things like that, those aren't really contributing to hydrating your body. So making sure that your body's properly hydrated is super important for energy purposes too. But one of the big things that you mentioned earlier about the focus, that's really important because we could be so tired. I'll give you an example. We went to Disney about three years ago now. Oh, just rub it in. Just rub it in. (laughs) It was my second time ever going to Disney. I I went when I was 15 and then I, and then we took our son when he was five and a half. We were, we were loaded up. We were packed. Yeah. Three o'clock in the morning. It was a Thursday. Oh God. And about four seventeen or so, I get a text message from a friend and I'm home. And I say, honey, we got to stop everything. We got to talk. And she's like, I'm busy with stuff. (laughs) I said, nothing is more important than us having a conversation without the kids right now at this moment. She goes, what a Disney close. It did. (laughs) So we have not yet been to Disney. We were leaving on Saturday and packing, packing our van Thursday night. We were so excited two days in advance of the flight. And uh, so our Disney trip didn't happen. So I'm glad you guys got to go three years ago. (laughs) Yeah. Well, actually the exact same thing happened to us last year with universal. Oh no. So we were going to leave for Florida on St. Patrick's day, March 17th. Yeah. And everything shut down that Saturday. So yeah. two days before or three days before we were about to leave. Yeah. We're, we're doing the same thing. The same, yep. same time. Shut down. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Cancel everything. I had to cancel the flights, but we're going soon. We're going to universal soon with um, my cousin and his family. And we're really excited. So it's actually going to be my first time experiencing universal. Unfortunately, it's going to have to be with a mask on, but yeah. he, he goes, they, they have uh, season passes and they go all the time. So he says that it's, great that they don't really how'd your family how'd your family take that we'll, we'll we'll go to focus here in a second but how'd your family take that when like you're leaving and then you're not leaving and how'd you how'd you share the news how'd you and your wife talk about it how'd the kids react before the shutdown i was thinking to myself this is just it's gonna blow over yeah it's, it's no big deal 
And then things started shutting down. And I said to myself, oh my God, we're going to have to cancel this damn trip. And our, our, actually our hands were kind of tied. I, I was actually thinking like, you know what? Okay, if the airline shut down, let's just drive. And then the park shut down. And we had no choice. So the conversation was, all right, let's drive and we'll just still do it. And we'll figure out a way, we'll adapt. And then it just, that all got taken out from underneath of us. So then we just, you know, our son's pretty understanding. He's not a big complainer. And we just had a regular conversation with him. Hey bud, everything's shutting down. This virus is really taking hold of the world and we're just gonna have to put it on hold. You know, I mean, of course he wanted to go. He was seven at the time. He's now eight and a half. So he was seven and a half at the time. And he said, okay. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, he wants to go, but he's not going to sit there. He didn't cry. He didn't complain. He's like, oh man. You know, so it's just because if he's ever tried that in the past, we said, no, 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 that's not how you react to a situation. You have to think of, okay, this is the situation that we're in. And we've always tried to teach him how to adapt and how to maneuver and be a little bit more easygoing about it and just understand the reason and say, okay, well, this is out of our hands. There's nothing we can control. We're not being punished or anything like that. So it's just, it is what it is. And we're going this year. So he, he, he doesn't mind wearing a mask. He doesn't really go out too much to anywhere that he has to wear a mask, but he doesn't mind it because he thinks he's like a little ninja, you know, with yeah, the mask yeah. on. it's, it's cool. And, and, I live in Pennsylvania, so it's pretty cold here right now. So actually the mask isn't a downfall when I don't really wear it when I'm outside, but sometimes I do if I'm walking the dog because yeah. it's cold and windy where we live. So sometimes the mask is actually good and it'll just protect you from the wind burn. So yeah, yeah. I've gone out running and I thought, man, if I only had something that I could I'm like, I got a million of these masks. Why don't I just throw one on when I'm running when the, the wind is stinging my throat and my my lungs? Yeah. But yeah, we, we kind of had the same thing, you know. We took maybe a couple of hours for me and my wife to kind of just take that information in, work through it ourselves. And then we shared it with our with both of our daughters at the same time. And they like are you guys pulling something on us? Is this <laughs> really, you know, we talked through it and I don't know if we had a couple of tears or not, but it was minimal. And they're like, it's a, like almost comforting my wife, my, my daughters, like it, it'll be fine. We'll be okay. Like we'll get through this and yeah, you know, but it, it didn't take too long. And they're like, all right, cool. Like we're good. Yeah. Kids are so resilient. It's amazing. You just got to teach them to adapt and be fluid like water. As yeah. Bruce would say. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you were talking about uh, focus before I interrupted you. 3am. So we were going to Disney three yeah. years ago, 3am. And we're tired. We're at my brother-in-law's. We didn't go to bed super late because we knew we had to be up early. We had an early flight, but we're up at 3am. But even though you're tired physically, you're mentally alert. You're focused on, at least I was focused on getting that Uber driver scheduled, ready to go. First thing I did was turn my phone on, find the closest one, boom. Okay, you're going to be here at this time. This is our pickup time. And then it's, let's get everything ready. The car's already, the bags are already ready to go out to the car. Just wake up my son, get him dressed, ready to go. But you're mentally alert. You're focused. So whatever you choose to focus on is going to enhance that energy, especially if you're excited about it. So that's that's the key. 
So you could be focused on something that you're not excited about, or you could be focused on something you are excited about. And who's not going to get excited over Disney? And not that I was giddy about going to Disney, but I was focused on getting my family out to Disney so that we didn't miss our flight. And I had a purpose behind it. So having that purpose and that meaning behind the focus is super, super important. So if you're getting up in the morning and you're focused on what your tasks are for the day, because maybe you prepared the day before, or maybe you didn't prepare the day before and you're focusing on what you're going to execute on today. And if you have a connection or a purpose behind whatever you're about to do, then that's going to hopefully excite you. If you don't, then try to establish some kind of connection or purpose or meaning behind why you're going to do the things that you're going to do today. Even if it's, okay, well, I got to go to Home Depot and I got to buy this, this, and this for a project around the house. Well, maybe you're not technically excited about that project, but there might be something about that project that you can get excited about. Even if it's, well, my wife's going to get off my back about getting that project done. You can get excited about your wife getting off your back about getting the project done. So it just really depends on whatever your situation is. So focus is, is really important too, because whatever we're focusing our mind on is, is how we're showing up. So, so this is a silly example, but if it was super cold here just a bit ago and our dogs, for whatever reason, had decided they're going to go out on the deck and they're not going to go to the yard anymore. One, what was the point? There was snow on the ground. Deck was covered with snow, so it seemed like the yard. So they just started pooping all over the deck. And my wife's like, get out there, go go take care of that. And I just didn't want to. It was freezing cold. Conditions weren't the greatest. And the next day I knew it was going to warm up. And I was like, eh, I'll do the dishes instead. So the next day it did warm up, snow melted. I went out there, took care of everything. But yeah, my motivation the next day, I'm like, I'm leaving for work. I'm like, now nah, I'm going to stick behind 10, 15 minutes and I'm going to get that done so that that's off the list. And that was absolutely my, my purpose, my motivation. And it made it easier to get it done knowing that that was off the list. Right. <laughs> so yeah, it wasn't. And it could also be something, you know, we're all going to have things that we do, that we, that we need to do that we don't maybe necessarily want to do. So and I like to stick those things first thing in the morning when I've got that ability, that, that mental strength, because yeah. I've got the most of it in the morning. So yeah, that was a morning task for me. I'm like, I'm going to do that in the morning when I've got the ability to, to fight through whatever gets in my way of me not wanting to do this task. <laughs> yeah. But we could also focus on the things that come afterwards too. So maybe we're not excited about A, but we can get excited about B, which yes. follows A and say, I'm going to crush A and then I'm going to move on to B and I'm going to love the hell out of it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, even for you, you said it was super, super cold, depending on what else you had going on or whatever time of day it was, I'll just pick something easy. Let's just say you're like, okay, I mean, it's not like you're going to be out there that long cleaning up a ton of poop. No, right. You know, but let's say it was something outside that you had to go out and you had shovel. Okay. All right. Well, let's say you love hot chocolate. Right. Yes. Right. So I'm going to go outside and I'm going to crush shoveling and I'm going to mentally attribute that to my function. So now I'm going to get stronger or I'm going to challenge myself physically by shoveling so I can feel good about shoveling because I'm physically pushing myself and physically challenging myself. And I'm going to, I'm going to treat it like deadlifts and I'm going to treat it like a chopping wood almost, but it would be reverse, right? Cause you're shoveling and throwing it over your shoulder or something like that. Right. Or you're pushing and treating it like a prowler sled or something like that. And then I'm going to look forward to going in and just, you know, kicking my feet up while I have a nice cup of hot chocolate. 
And then, yeah, and that, that's a perfect example. We love hot chocolate at our family. <laughs> so hot chocolate go. absolutely tastes better after you shovel snow, after you take the dogs for a walk in cold conditions or rainy or whatever. And but, when we're so, back, so though, we're the energy, to have the hot chocolate. So, yeah, right. so if you have the energy because you're focused on the hot chocolate, you're focused on the aftermath of the yeah. snow shoveling. You're not maybe happy about the snow shoveling, but you can feel good about it because you're connecting it to something else that could be beneficial for you, right? So right. you can connect it to that purpose. And now it has a double purpose. And you can also get excited about the hot chocolate that follows it. So now you're not just looking at it as, I got to be out here shoveling and this sucks and I can't wait to just get inside. It's cold, you know, whatever, whatever those mm-hmm. thoughts are. You say, you know what? You got to suck it up. And also when you're doing something that you don't want to do, like my son said today about being on school, he says, well, I can't believe I have school. He says, I wish I didn't have school today. And I literally just had this conversation with him this morning. He say, don't focus on school, focus on the things that you like about school. So maybe you're going to be playing with your friends on the breaks that you have, or maybe you are going to look forward to this story that your teacher is going to tell or, you know, pick out the little things that you like about school. And if, even if you have five little things that can add up to one big thing, mm-hmm. so focus on the little things, have the mindset of crushing school. And then you're done with it because I gave him the example. I said, if you go to a doctor's office and you don't want to be there and you're sitting there for 15 minutes, it could feel like two hours. But if you go over to a friend's house and you've been there for two hours, it could feel like 15 minutes. And we've all heard that kind of stuff before. And it is really true. But if we're focusing on the bad part, it's going to drag and it's going to feel like forever. But if we focus on the good stuff, it'll help to speed it up. Even if it doesn't speed it up that fast, you know, it doesn't mean like six hours is going to feel like 15 minutes. But even if six hours feels like two hours, you say, wow, I'm already I'm already at lunch. And then they get an hour for lunch and they get back and they're, wow, it's already three o'clock. I only have a half an hour. I feel like I just had lunch. So teaching him that. And we've been talking about this kind of stuff for years because I'm a really big believer that kids are very smart, like very smart, very smart because they don't have, they might not have the the full capacity yet because their brains are still developing and they're still maturing and things like that, but they don't have the cloudiness. I'll call it the cloudiness from like everything else that we have going on in our life, all the responsibilities, all the other things that we have to think about, all the other things that we've learned and that we encounter on a day-to-day basis, they just don't have that volume clouding up their minds. And so they're, they're very receptive. I mean, you know, you can't call a kid stupid if plenty of kids that start learning multiple languages before the age of seven or, or 10 can retain those languages and be fluent. And you can't call those types of people stupid. Or, or, or regard them as not intelligent enough or not able to understand certain things. So I'm a big believer in just drip feeding our kids from the age of whenever they can re- understand what you're talking about, two, three, four, and just you know giving them a little bit at a time instead of waiting until they're teenagers and they're perceptively able to pick up on this concept or understand this terminology. Don't I think wait. a great example of that is the talk. Yeah, the talk. <laughs> you know, don't wait until, well, I guess, depending on how graphic you want to get with the talk, which I wouldn't recommend that. But, yeah. you know, it's just like, yeah. yeah. You, you, you drip your way into it. It's a series of conversations. Yeah, or, or let's say alcohol. Years. Let's say alcohol. Yeah, like just, like our son had like a little sip of wine before. He's tried bourbon, you know, it's just like just a little sip, like literally a sip. And he's like, okay. 
you know, and I actually do have a funny story about that. So I bought this bottle of Michter's bourbon and I don't drink very often, but it was a nice bottle and I was excited to get it because it was very hard to find. And I bought it and I said, I was putting it away and I said, I'll have to share that. I'll have to, I'll have to try this with somebody. I'll have to open this with somebody that really appreciates bourbon. Right. I was just going to open it by myself and just drink it by myself. And my son heard that. And this was a couple of years ago. And he says, well, what about me, dad? He says, I like bourbon. I'm like, <laughs> and so, and he had literally, I think probably had this, like I said, a couple of years ago, he might've had one or two sips at that point. And I said, well, you know what, buddy, I will make sure you are around when I open this bottle and you can have a sip. Does that sound okay? And he said, yeah. And he got real excited about that. And we went over to our friend's house, maybe a couple months later. And I wound up bringing that bottle and I wound up opening it and he wanted to try a little bit. And he puts a little bit on his lips and he's like, he really does this because like, he's really tasting. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's at an actual tasting for something. And he's like, he's like, okay, it's pretty good. And then he walks away and he goes back to playing with his friend. <laughs> and it was just the cutest thing. And it was just so funny, but something like that would be something where you're kind of just introducing it to them so they understand it. And that's, I think, a little bit more of taking the fear of the unknown away or the, or the uh, not the fear of the unknown, but just that unknown factor and that curiosity. That's what it would be. Yeah. Curiosity yeah. So they don't think like, wow, I, I don't know what any of this tastes like and I just got to start pounding it. That's a whole topic. But I'm, I'm just a big proponent of just, you know, having these little conversations with your kids, even if it's a five minute conversation, two minute conversation. And then when they start realizing what you've been talking to them about over the years, because now they're different, but you're saying the same thing, the message is the same, but they're a different person and they're going to interpret it a different way. But they've been hearing, they know that they've been hearing this for years. It's going to stick so much more than you have a, a rebellious teenager going through puberty who thinks, well, I don't want to hear what you have to say. You know, you're, and, and you're also developing that relationship and you can, you're establishing with your kids that you have the ability to communicate together and that they can listen to you and that you're one of their biggest teachers in life instead of them only thinking that their teachers at school are their teachers, you know, because they're like, yeah, my dad's been telling me that for years. Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm a big fan of little teaching moments every day. I'm always looking for a little bitty teaching moment. Sometimes the big ones are there too, but even in regular days, there's, absolute teaching moments for sure. Yeah. So what are some other, uh, other things that clients of yours or friends or even yourself have struggled with that you see kind of a common theme over and over and over the other day, I was interviewing a, a doctor, a psychiatrist, and he's like, tell me a few things. And then as we're talking, he realized something for his own self and it was a really big deal. And he's like, this is something I know about. This is something I teach on. And at the same time, here I am discovering it for my own self, like it's brand new. You ever have anything come like that that is like a, a discovery in a topic where you're already pretty dang good at? Yeah, but I wasn't always good at it. And that's and when you when you're able to overcome something yourself, now you have the ability to teach somebody who was where you used to be. I would say that a lot of pe a lot of things that people are talking about these days the conversation is still usually there for them, unless it's a very specific question, but a main topic or a main conversation, it's something that's usually coming up for, for that person in their life at that particular moment. And that's why they're focusing on it. That's why they're thinking about it. 
or maybe they're attracting it to themselves. Uh, so it's interesting, but yes, I think the biggest thing that comes up a lot is when people aren't committed to whatever they signed up to. Mm -hmm. So they're having a hard time getting out of their comfort zone. They're having a hard time sticking with the program. And sometimes because sticking with the program means getting out of their comfort zone and people have to really connect to the purpose and the reason behind what they're doing. So kind of like what I was talking about before with you yes. just up and being excited about your day, but that, that focus and that purpose is really related to everything that we're doing. It's, it's the reason that we're going to get up in the morning and do X, Y, Z. It's the reason that we're going to stick to the program that we set out for ourselves or that we're going to execute the tasks that are going to get us to our goal that we said that we wanted to achieve. So having people constantly come back to their purpose or their why is, is, is a big conversation. And I think we all experience that at some points in our lives. And it's because nobody's perfect and some people can fall off the path, but you just have to get back on the path. I always use the, you know, the analogy of a path too, because if you're on, if you're on this, this path, right. Because people tend to beat themselves up. In my experience, people tend to beat themselves up when they do go off the path. Even if they have one step off, they think, well, now I'm screwed. Now I've, now I've really screwed up and all is for nothing, which is not true. Because you're not just straying off the path. You have to also think about how far you've come on that path. So mm -hmm. you started back there and you've made it all the way to here. Just because you've stepped off by the time you got to here doesn't mean that you should forget about all that progress behind you. And that's really important to remember because people are so focused on right now. And then what, you know, I need more, I need more, I need more, which is all future stuff. But it's not to say that you live in the past, but you can't forget about that either because you have to give yourself that pat on the back. You have to give yourself those accolades for accomplishing that. And that's really important. So when you're on this path, this metaphorical path, if you go off the path, but you just jump right back on, it's not that big of a deal. But if you think, well, I get off the path and then I have to, you know, well, I screwed up on Saturday. I had two slices of pizza, so I might as well just keep going. So now you have the whole pizza. And then he's like, well, I just, you know, I might as well eat a whole box of brownies. And then you're going farther. And then Sunday comes and it's horrible because you're just like, well, I screwed up yesterday. I might as well just keep going. And then, you know, so now one step off the path, which would have easily been able to just get right back on, turns into now you're all the way over here into the woods. And mm -hmm. now, now it's harder to see that path. But if you didn't beat yourself up so much and you stayed focused on the task at hand and you connected to your why, that why would have pushed you right back. Because we, we say that your why should make you cry, meaning that it should spark some kind of emotion. You don't have to literally cry. I mean, you can if you want, but it, it should actually technically spark some emotion in you that if you felt your why, that will undo any negative thoughts that you're supposed to be having or not that you're supposed to be having, but that you would have. So if you connected to what your purpose is, what you're doing, what you're trying to accomplish and why you're trying to accomplish it, then you should just get snapped out of everything else. So the rest of that pizza, the box of brownies, the crappy Sunday that you had, none of that would even be a factor because you'd connect to your why. And that one little step off just pushes you right back onto your path. And then you keep pushing forward. So I think connecting to your why, because a lot of people establish their what, they have a what, they don't usually have a what, a strong enough why. Sometimes their why is I'm going to, I'm going to get in shape. That's their what, why, while I want to look good on the beach. It's pretty shallow. It's not a strong enough why. You can think of it as the ocean, as shallow as the ocean, or you could think of it as tree roots. I usually use tree roots as an example. If the tree roots just spread all along the top of the soil, mm -hmm. 
that first wind that comes, doesn't matter how big the trees are, how long those roots are, the first wind that comes, it's gonna blow the tree off. But if those roots go down and deep into the soil, that, tr that tree is gonna be unshakable. Yeah, so drill, yeah, drill us down on that. So we've got the looks. I just want to look better for when I go to the beach or when I go to the pool or whatever. Everybody wants like, to look better. It's not enough. Well, not enough. What, take us take us down a few few levels and and get us to something deep, whether that's your own personal one or whether that's one of your clients or sure. maybe maybe a lot of clients all fall into the same categories and ultimately get down to a to a Initially they do. why. Initially, initially, a lot of people say, well, I just want to look good. And then you have to ask the question, why? <laughs> well, because I want to look good because I want to feel good in my body. So are you saying that you're not comfortable in your body? Or are you saying that you feel uncomfortable in your body? Or are you feeling, are you saying that you feel, you know, insecure, things like that? And so as a coach, I have to ask these stimulating type questions to really try to dial down and get the other person to really understand why, what's the bigger purpose. And sometimes it's really not even what they thought. And I do, I do usually share my two whys. And I always encourage people to have two different, your one why, it doesn't have to be super, super, super specific. Your why could be, I, I just want to be the healthiest version of myself. I want to be the healthiest and strongest version of myself. Mm -hmm. Now you should have some other things to support that. So well, why is that important to you? And you should have some other reasons behind that. But I think that those reasons should be bigger than yourself. Mm -hmm. And I always encourage people to develop triggers associated with their why. So these can kind of become like little mini whys. And I recommend people have one positive trigger, or let's just call it a happy trigger, and then maybe a darker trigger, because one trigger is going to help you on one day, and the other trigger is going to speak to you on the other day. Mm -hmm. So my happy trigger, my more positive trigger is me as a grandfather playing with my grandkids. Mm -hmm. And it's me outside. And in my mind, there's two, there's two grandkids that I'm playing with. And we're in, it's a sunny day and we're on the grass and we're running around and one of the grandkids wants to jump on my back and they want me to do push-ups with me or they want me to do push-ups with them on my back. So I don't want to let my grandkids down. So I need to be able to do that whenever that day comes. And I just need to be able to keep up with my grandkids. So it's not about me. That particular trigger or that example is not about me. And that connects to my overarching dream of just being the healthiest and strongest version of myself. So you mentioned that one and my grandfather, I went, over, I went to go see him at his house. He lived on his own a year before he died. Didn't know he was going to die the next year. Died around right now because I remember talking to him about cardinal pitching and, you know, the rotation and all this stuff. Well, the year before, you know, around this time, like, hey, grandpa, it's a nice day outside. I thought I'd stop by. You want to go throw the ball? There's no reason for him to have had the physical ability still. We hadn't thrown a baseball for 20 years. Yeah, yeah, I, I want to throw the ball. So we go out in his backyard, and we're about 60 feet away from each other. So when you're in your 80s trying to throw a ball, like that's not supposed to be still happening. And we threw a ball, and guess who ended the game of catch? You, because your hand was hurt. I did. My arm was hurting. <laughs> My arm was hurting. I was physically getting tired. I thought you were going to say your hand was hurting because he was throwing the ball so hard. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was, my, it was my arm and shoulder hurting. We go inside and we hang out for a while. And I'm waiting for him to say, wow, I'm so tired or anything, nothing. He, he would not. And I say, hey, Grandpa, how's your, uh, how's, your, how's your arm? He says, ah, it's a little sore, a little tired. 
I said, hey, when were you going to stop? I says, why wasn't? I don't get to do this very often, ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was going to keep playing until, until <laughs> you know, I couldn't anymore or until, until you called it. I'm kind of thankful that you called it, he says. <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to keep going. And I got tears in my eyes thinking back. And that's one of the things I think about, too, when you're talking about grandkids and everything. It's like, I want this health so that one, I do have more energy for the here and now, but two down the road, I'm going to be able to play with my grandkids. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to be able to be that active dad at the park, our grandpa at the park, watching the 30 year olds on their phones or whatever they're going to be on, not engage with their kids. Right. Like, and they're going to say, who's that old man? I'll say, who's that old man that can run circles around you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's an accomplishment in and, of, in and of itself. But then to be able to have that, I mean, you know, I run around with my kid outside with his friends and we'll have water gun fights yeah. and we'll be playing games and stuff like that. And honestly, not a lot of the other dads are out there doing that. No, and I'm no. not judging. I'm not judging, but I'm just saying that I'm able to do those things and I'm playing hide and seek with some of the kids and I'm literally crouching down behind air conditioning units outside. And it's just, I can get into a full squat and no problem and get all the way down there and then run away or something like that. And, you know, it's just, it's fun and you can get to be a little kid again too. So that's also good for our mental health and our creativity and things like that. Especially as we get older, we somewhat get away from that. So spending time with your kids, making crafts, even if it's just folding origami paper and making some something or getting out a coloring book and you coloring it. I've actually had clients that have gone out and bought adult coloring books because they loved it. So yes. much, or I recommended it to them and they have colored pencils and they have markers and they have crayons. And it's actually a really great way to wind down from the day, even if you don't have kids, because some of these clients that I have she, she was single. She didn't have kids. I've had guys do it before and they just, it's just them and their wife and they don't have kids. And same thing with female clients. So, so yeah. it's a good way to kind of spark your creativity. You can kind of put some color on paper and, you know, it's definitely, definitely important. That, to one's, do a, that one's a great one. My, uh, my daughter, she says, Hey dad, download this Bible coloring app. Over 5 million people had downloaded this thing. And she's showing me how to do it. And I'm like, man, this is the coolest thing. She loves it, the creativity. And it's something I can do too. I'm not all that great at artistic type stuff. And I'm like, this is so cool how we get to do this together. And yeah, but, it, but even if you can't draw, everybody can color. Yes. Right? So, yes. So, yeah, exactly. So if you have the stress and the anxiety of, well, what do I put on this blank paper? Then that can kind of detract from that creativity. Yes. Now you're blocked up and you're in your head and you're thinking, well, whatever I put on here is not even going to be good enough anyway, because I suck at drawing. But the thing is, is that, okay, if that's the case, one, try to actually detach from that mindset anyway. It's really, one, it's not healthy. It's not benefiting you in any way. Right. And two, if you've looked at some of the paintings that have even gone for hundreds of thousands of dollars, to be like, well, what are these triangles on this canvas? Yeah, they yeah. Go for millions of dollars, I could do that. You know, I could draw a triangle, but well, just draw a triangle or draw a circle. And maybe that circle turns into something else. And so mm -hmm. not having judgment for your own creativity is, is really important as well. But Aside from all of that, if you just go out and get a coloring book, even if it's a kid's coloring book, just color. You already have yeah. the picture right there. Just put some color on the yeah, paper. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it. The coloring is actually fun. Like, Yeah, it is. I mean, I've I've spent a lot of time on this one Thor coloring uh, picture on the coloring book, and I shaded it, and I did all this stuff. Yeah. 
So that's, so that's my positive, right? Yes. That's my positive trigger. And then I have a negative trigger and I wouldn't call it negative because it's still positive outcome, but it's darker. It's, it's a little deeper. And that scenario is, it could really be any crisis scenario. And we can even dumb this down. It doesn't have to be crisis, but this is just what I chose. There's a burning building and my wife and son are unconscious and I have to get them out. And I'm not blocked by fire or anything like that. It's not like all these different things. It's just there's a fire, they're unconscious. I need to get them out to safety. So I need to be able to throw my son over my shoulder and my wife over my shoulder simultaneously and get them to safety. So it's literally life or death. And it could be for me and it could be for everybody, you know, all three of them, everybody in my family. It could be, you know, you're at the mall and there's an active shooter scenario. It could be you're just on a hike and all of a sudden your wife sprains her ankle and your son you know, falls down and scrapes his knee and neither one of them can hop their way out of there. It doesn't have to be life or death. It could just be, that's a real scenario. My wife sprained her knee or sprained her ankle and playing volleyball the one day and she was down. She rolled it. She went into a ditch and came down on her foot the wrong way. So it was double whammy. And I literally picked her up, threw her over my shoulder and brought her over to the house. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's just, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. I want to be able to be, I want to be strong enough which I am at this point, but I just don't want that to be my end goal. I want to continue on. I want to continue getting stronger and then eventually just maintain what I have. What strength I have is that, you know, I want to be functionally capable of taking care of my family physically. And that's just one of my triggers. So I would, I encourage people to develop those triggers for themselves. And it's not just enough to just think about it. It's not enough to just write it down. What you have to do once you think about it, once you have that thought, is you have to try to actually experience it through visualizations. So mm-hmm. spending time with your eyes closed, visualizing that day. What does the air smell like? What does the grass smell like? What do your grandkids smell like? What do they look like? Maybe even give them names. Is, is the wind blowing that day? Is it not blowing that day? How does it feel to do those push-ups with your grandkids on your back? Are you smiling? Are you struggling? What do you want that day to look like? And then live that day out multiple times. doesn't have to be that day, but multiple times. You have to viscerally experience that scenario because then when you think about that while you're training, or if you think about that while you're laying in bed and you don't want to get up and get out of bed to go train, to go exercise, to go do the things that are going to contribute to your health, because let's face it, it's not just about exercise that is going to help you get to those goals. You have to fuel your body the right way. You have to be positive. You have to focus on things that are going to help add to your goal instead of detracting from your goal. You have to rest enough. You have to get to sleep enough. You can't just stay up all hours of the night, drinking, eating crap, watching TV shows that, you know, whatever. You have to manage your lifestyle appropriately. doesn't mean you can't have fun, uh, but you have to manage your lifestyle. And so there's a lot of moving parts that contribute to you achieving this goal that are aside from just the physical and you live out those experiences and you live out those triggers. So that this way, when you're not feeling motivated, you think about your trigger and it will motivate you. It'll push you because your why will make you cry. Because if you don't do that, then you're letting your grandkids down. If you don't do that, then your wife and child are dying in a fire. And that could be a real scenario, you know, knock on wood, hopefully it never is for the darker version, but it can definitely be a very real scenario when you're older and you have grandkids and one of them says, Hey, grandpa, do a push up with me on your back. Are you going to say, I can't, 
And if you do wind up saying you can't think of the regret and think of how you're going to feel if you basically let them down, because you thought about it when you were in your thirties, you thought about it when you were in your forties and now you're in your sixties, seventies, eighties, and you can't do it. I mean, at some point I'm guessing, you know, there's going to be some diminishing returns and maybe it, maybe at a hundred years old, you wouldn't be able to, but maybe you would, who knows? But the thing is, is that it's, you know, connecting to those triggers and viscerally living them out because you can have an experience. You could watch a video and someone breaks their arm or they dislocate their elbow. And if you've never broken your arm or dislocated your elbow, you might be like, well, it kind of sucks, but you don't have that cringe feeling. You don't have that like, Ooh, me, I've dislocated my elbow snowboarding. I've dislocated my knee doing jujitsu. And so when you have those experiences because you've lived them, now it feels different. Now you have that cringe. Now you have that tingling sensation in your elbow, even though you're just watching it or even just hearing about it. You're not in the situation. You're perfectly safe. And I'm you're squirming in my market. chair here and you talk about it. Right. Ugh. So it's just like, ooh, like you could feel it in your elbow, but you're perfectly safe. Right. You know, you're not in that situation that other person was. You're not in the situation that you were whenever you injured yourself, but you can feel it because you have that connection. And so you have to have that connection instead of just saying, okay, I wrote down my trigger. Here you go. Mm -hmm. Great. Live it, live it, live it, live it over and over and over and over again. You know, don't let that trigger out of your sight, like mentally out of your sight. And because then when you think about it, when you're training over there and you're not feeling motivated or you want to push yourself a little bit more, or you just want to pull yourself out of bed, think about your trigger and that will move you. That will spark that emotion in you. Like, yep, I'm going to stay on that path. Those two yeah. pieces of pizza, no factor. I'm going to get back on the path. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I screwed up over here. No factor. I'm going to get back on the path because I have a big enough reason. I have a big enough why. And I think that's where, you know, I kind of went down this whole rabbit hole, but that's, that's how strongly I feel about it. I'm not just trying to talk and uh, be redundant, but this is one of the biggest things that I think that people need to focus on. And this is, I think the biggest thing of why people start January 1st and they stop in March because it's a very shallow roots across the top of the soil reason that they started training or started working out. And if they went a little deeper each time they thought about it or, you know, went and gave themselves a better reason to get up out of, out of bed in the morning, they would feel more excited. They would feel more energized about it. They would have more of a purpose to execute whatever it is that they plan out to do. So you have your, what now you have your strong enough, why, and now you have a, how, how am I going to do this? What plan am I going to put in place? Am I going to hire somebody? Do I have enough knowledge myself? Am I going to research it all on the internet? How am I going to do this? And then you have your what, you have your why, you have your how, and then you go do it. Yeah, absolutely. And having some accountability, you mentioned maybe hiring somebody or, but having, having a, a person to be accountable to outside of you. So whenever you do step off the path, there's something there to, to bring you back. Purpose definitely being one for sure. So earlier today, I was talking to that purpose being the first thing would be the best. If yes. you have somebody else, that's great but not relying on that other person because they might not always be there because that's more of like a handholding thing. The accountability piece is more of a handholding thing, or it's like a buddy that you have, but you have to call them. You have to reach out to them. You have to text them before Mm -hmm. you text them, before you call them, you could do so much damage. Talking about accountability and, and also your purpose. I think both are important. So if your purpose is that strong, 
fantastic. However, we can always tend to drift. Today, for example, I have a Bible devotional I do uh, with a whole group of guys. And today or yesterday was day one of the new one that we were starting. And I had this big, long streak on the Version app, the longest of my life. And it was Sunday and I was focused on Sunday mass and I actually did not do the devotional. And I woke up this morning and I thought, Hey, I didn't do what I always do every morning yesterday. And I bet when I click the app, it's going to say day one streak one. So today I'm starting all over again. And we talked earlier about not beating yourself up and staying on the path and things like that. So I was like, huh, isn't that funny? I'm on day one. I'm a brand new guy. I'm starting over. And man, my focus was so good today. I'm like, I'm getting this done. I'm going to pay attention. I'm like, and it, and it just re-energized me. Guy that I do a Bible study with, he's like, yeah, there was a sportscaster was talking about Adam Wainwright, the baseball pitcher. He goes, one of the reasons why he's such a good pitcher at 39 years old is when he gives up the home run or misses the pitch, it's behind him and it's in the past. And he's focused to get on that very next pitch, that very next thing he's doing. And I'm like, yep, that kind of feels how I feel today. Like I'm on it today. Mm-hmm. That's great. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. We're in the past that may have, you know, thrown me off. Ah, oh, I got to throw that away. I, I'm terrible. I suck. I'm not so good. I'll put this aside for a while because I failed. I didn't fail. I'm just starting a new streak. Yeah. I'm starting a new streak. Exactly. So him and I also talked about this morning, Bible verse, which relates to, to this. It's 1 Corinthians 3.16. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? And we were talking about a bunch of different things. And I'm like, hey, man, let's stop on this one. And he looks and he says, oh, I kind of wanted to skip that one. I said, I I completely understand why, but can you tell me? And he's like, there's a whole lot to that. I haven't exactly taken care of myself that well for the last so many years. (laughs) Talking about food. (laughs) (laughs) and he's like, and I'm working on the fitness thing now and I'm getting a lot better and the food's coming along. He goes, but like that one means a lot. And he's like, and the Holy Spirit's always there with me. And now to think that the Holy Spirit's in me and all the things I put into my body, what I watch, what I read, what I eat, the physical activity that I do or don't do. He's like, that's a whole lot of perfection that's in me. (laughs) And I was like, that's, that's a lot when I think, should I do this or should I do that? And God's watching and the Holy Spirit's literally in me. Like I can't hide. Mm-hmm. No. So, so yeah. for him, that really helped him make better decisions. That was kind of his accountability tool. As long as he stopped for a second and considered. And that's a bigger reason than himself. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And so for him and for a lot of people, the Holy Spirit's not going to go away. Right. Right. So it's going to constantly be there. So if that's his why, if that's his big enough trigger, then, then hopefully that will keep him on the path. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's worked well for him. And I, I didn't want to let him off the hook. So I made him dwell on that a little bit and talk through it and think through it. And, I, you know, I've been with him now for close to a year and he's growing all the time. And I definitely knew that was a passage that I knew he definitely wanted to avoid talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because he's constantly working to get get better and i i know lately he's really just discovered that god sees him all the time and that all of his choices are seen by somebody whether he hides them from the world or not god's there watching yeah and, well you know if, if he's listening and 
at this to this at some point, I would say start off and do what you can. Don't try to do too much too soon. Mm-hmm. Because if we do too much too soon, a couple of things can happen. We can burn ourselves out or we're not going to perform at the level that we think we should and we're going to get frustrated with it. So either one of those aren't good. If you stay consistent, that's one of the biggest things. Consistency is better over, let's say, intensity. Okay, so if you can't lift a lot or do a lot yet, but you're consistent and you stick with it every single day, do something every single day to just make yourself a little stronger. Don't focus on getting a ton stronger, a little stronger every single day or even five days a week. Mm -hmm. That will be so much, you know, like let's say you can only do 10 push-ups. Okay, great. Do five or six. And maybe you do those throughout the day. I mean, there's so many different types of things that you can do, but if you're wanting to get stronger, one of the best ways to get stronger is to do a technique called greasing the groove. So basically, if you could do 10 push-ups, do five. So you take whatever you can do max, you could not get 11. Right. right. Very struggle or be the ugliest push-up in the world. So when I say the max you can do, it's with perfect form. Yeah. Do half. Wait at least 15 minutes. Do another five. Mm-hmm. Now, this could, it doesn't have to be 15 minutes. You don't have to time this, but I'm just saying there has to be at least 15 minutes before you do it again. Right. And when you do them, do them explosively. Focus on the power. Focus on squeezing the muscle. Don't just push yourself up, go down. Push yourself up and flop yourself down. Have some intention behind it. Have some purpose behind those pushes. But you're only doing five. If you did that 10 times throughout the day, you would have done 50 push-ups. Okay? Right, right. And if you have done them five days a week, then that's 250 push-ups a week. Mm-hmm. So if you try to do 250 push-ups, so let's say you did, or so you're doing 50 throughout the day. Let's say you just did three sets of 10 on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You would have only accumulated 90 push-ups throughout the week. And because you maxed out, because remember 10 is the most you can do. Right. So you're pushing out those 10, you're squeezing out those 10, you're resting for a little bit. Then you're doing it again. You're squeezing out those 10 and you're squeezing out those 10. And you finally build up to 30 on Monday. Tuesday, you're, Tuesday, you're sore. Wednesday, you finally feel good enough. You're like, all right, I'll do it again. Thursday, you're sore. Now, eventually that soreness will eventually go away, but you're pushing yourself so much and you're breaking down so much more muscle tissue and you've only accumulated 90 reps. But if you're consistent and you only do half, five, and yeah, maybe you do them 10 times throughout the day, every hour for 10 mm-hmm. hours, that's nothing. How long is it going to take you to do five pushups? Right, right. Like literally it's going to take you 10 seconds. If it takes you two reps, two seconds every rep. Right. Even if it takes you 15 seconds, do you have 15 seconds? You know, we're so used to saying, you know, do you have 15 minutes to set throughout the day to do some extra? Do you have 15 seconds? You know, how much easier do we want things to get, right? <laughs> you know, it was that, that movie, uh, something about Mary and they're in the car yeah. talking. It was like eight minute abs or something like that. Right. right. Goes, well, what if somebody just comes out with seven minute abs? You know? <laughs> right. so how, much, how much time are we trying to shave off? So if you have 15 seconds to do five push-ups, max 15 seconds, and you did that 10 times throughout the day, you know, I don't even know how many minutes that would add up to 15 times 10, but that would be how many, you know, seconds it would take you. And you'd have accumulated 250 push-ups. Think of how much stronger you're going to get than the person that does three sets of 10. Yeah. yeah. Wednesday, Friday, you know, the typical three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and you could do the same thing with chin-ups. Yep. You can only do six chin-ups right now. You can only do two chin-ups right now. Great. Do one. Just yeah. cut it in half. Super simple. And you can start getting yourself stronger. You're not building up a lot of lactic acid in the muscle, which is helping to increase your strength. You're increasing your mitochondria, which is actually the 
you talk about energy, where's our energy produced in the cell? Mitochondria, you know, it's mitochondria. That's where all the energy is produced. So the stronger the mitochondria, the better the mitochondria we have in ourselves, the more energy you're going to have, period. And you're not going to get sore. So you're not going to be like, oh my God, I'm so stiff. And like, and then that's going to deter you because, you know, I don't like the stiff feeling or I don't like the sore feeling. And men and women could do this too. Yep. Men and women. I do that. Do I do that at the office. I'll feel a little sluggish and I'll do some squats. I'll do some push ups. Yeah, but the key is half. Yeah everybody, yeah. everybody pushes it until they can't do it anymore. And now they're huffing and they're puffing and they might feel, they might even start. Nah, just do it, just do it long enough to get some blood flowing and feel, you know, yeah. feel like I've got some oxygen, oxygenated blood and, you mm-hmm. know, the brain fog's gone and I can get back, get back to, to being focused on something. So that helps a ton. Yeah. And so for Jim- food, friend for food, take your favorite food and try to make it yourself. You can okay. control the ingredients. You can use better ingredients. Yeah. You, you like fried chicken. Great. Go get some organic chicken, look up a recipe, get some organic buttermilk, get some flour, organic flour, get some good quality oil, use some grapeseed oil, avocado oil, something like that, and make your own fried chicken one day. Don't do it every week. You know, don't do it three times a week, but you love fried chicken. Great. Don't go to KFC. Don't go to Popeye's or I don't know. I've never been there, but right, right. make your own fried chicken. Yeah. You like cheesesteaks? Make your own cheesesteaks. Go get some chip steak somewhere. Go get some gluten-free rolls or just regular sourdough roll or something like that. Something higher quality and do it yourself, you know, so you don't have to necessarily deprive your, deprive yourself all the time, but you don't have to go to, you don't have to go to McDonald's for a burger or you don't have to go to KFC for fried chicken. You can do it yourself. You're perfectly capable of doing it yourself. And we live in the information age. You don't know how to make fried chicken. Just Google it. Yeah. No kidding. It's out there. No kidding. If they're using canola oil or peanut oil, you don't have to use that recipes, you know, cooking is like art. It's one of my passions actually. And I love cooking and I love creating new things. I like putting flavors together and I love feeding my family. And just because something says use canola oil, don't use canola oil, use grapeseed oil, use avocado oil for high heat. You can control the ingredients. It says, use this kind of flour. Who cares? Use, use your own flour. Yeah. Yeah. Make it your own. Well, I appreciate your time. And, uh, Everybody, you can find Jim at the Warrior Dads podcast. He's got a great podcast. So many different guys he's interviewed over over the years. And uh, I loved his Dom Rasso interview. Dom Rasso is a really, really cool guy. Big time into protection, uh, security guy, and then physical fitness as well. And huge, huge man of faith. So really, really cool. So I appreciate uh, being connected to you from me checking out Dom. So that's how our connection was. So we always like to end the podcast with a uh, challenge for the men. I know I didn't prep you for it at all, but can you think of a challenge for, for some Christian dads to get into this week? Let's go with the triggers that we talked about. I I think I, yeah. Topic to death. (laughs) I was pretty thorough. So you can rewind if you need to and create some triggers for yourself that will spark you to move and take action and motivate you no matter what else is standing in front of you. So whether it's, I don't feel like cooking today, or I don't feel like getting out of bed, or I don't feel like exercising. And you think of one of your triggers, whether it's a more cheery one or whether it's a darker one. And one day one's going to motivate you and one day the other one's going to motivate you. 
Mm-hmm. And think of something that's bigger than yourself that will drive you to take action and do the right thing. That is a great challenge. I was going to do that one anyway. The positive one, I was like, I'm rock solid on that one. However, the sad, darker, negative one, I'm like, I, I don't really have one that speaks to me in a big, big way. So I need to need to do add that one. I can I can certainly see some days one's going to be better and other days, like you said, the other one's going to be better. So, I, so you can I, think of that as your nightmare. Yes. Something yes. Scares you. So what would you not want to happen in your life? What's a situation that you wouldn't want to happen? And if it did, how could you, how could you make a difference? How could you lessen that experience or eliminate it altogether with your abilities, with what, whatever you have control over, that would be a way to kind of figure that out. Because if you can't figure out your dream, figure out your nightmare. And that can be very powerful. That's a perfect way to end this episode. I appreciate you coming on so much. And uh, hopefully the guys got, got as much out of this as I did. I took a ton of notes. So thank you so much, Jim. You're welcome. Thank you very much. And uh, great podcast and love what you're doing and the message that you're putting out there. So keep, keep doing what you're doing. And you too. You too. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. Thank you guys for being a light. Shine that light out and let others see it. With you guys, part of this community, it helps me be accountable to you guys. It helps me be accountable to myself, be accountable to God and Jesus. I hope you appreciated this episode and picked up some great things. hope you like the challenge and hope you can execute on that challenge this week. I ask of you, please subscribe, share the show with others. Join us inside of the Journey of a Christian Dad on Facebook, inside our private community. Share that community with others. Have your buddies join. Have other dads that are looking to grow in their faith, grow as spiritual leaders of their family. As we engage in our journey and be intentional with it, we can help others grow theirs as well. We thank you again for listening. We thank you for all your reviews. Look forward to reading a review of yours on a future show. So, dear God, Thanks for blessing all of us, and thanks for drawing us closer to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Have fun, guys.